Sunday, the end of week five. Injuries all over the shop. The end of the fantasy matchups. We're going to look at everything that happened on Sunday. Cover some news. Give you an update on the standings and how the matchups looked for industry pickup. So, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I used to be pen pals with Jaleel White. And I'm also the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter, as always, at RedRock underscore Beeble, on TikTok, at RedRock underscore Beeble, and on Instagram, at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Today's episode is brought to you by PrizePix, the easiest and the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to PrizePix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA in all lowercase for a first deposit match up to $100. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free. We are available on all platforms. Like I said, it's the end of week five. There were injury updates and situations happening all over the place. Not great. Big games, bad games, weird stream games, weird schedules coming up. It's a weird spot in the season. Hang tight. When you look at yourself and go, man, I'm done. I've so many injuries. Your opponent will cop it. You will get healthy. They will cop it at some point. It is not exclusive to you. This will pass. Usually, hopefully, fingers crossed. Anyway, we're going to go in and have a look at everything going across uh, the NBA landscape for Sunday, November the 26th. We'll just get straight into a little bit of news. I've done a couple of shows today already. A look ahead to Monday and a waiver wire show also. But just to give some updates on that stuff, uh, we did get an update on Boyan Bogdanovich. He has been ruled out. That's just, that looks weird there. Yeah, that's better. Boyan Bogdanovich is out. I don't know why he was like, oh, he's ready to go. He's practicing. That was Thursday. Still not ready. He is out. So those Pistons guys, especially like Jaden Ivey, maintain value. And that's great because they've got a really strong schedule coming up. I talked about this yesterday and the news on Christos Porzingis getting the calf issue. And I said, if he's going to get hurt, this is absolutely the best time for Christos Porzingis to get hurt. They are, He's out for a week at least, but they play two games in week six and two games in week seven. So it's not ideal, obviously, but it's four games. And you would hope that he, he might even be back for week seven. It could not be a better time for Porzingis to be out. Now, conversely, if you're looking to stream someone in, whether that is Al Horford, Luke Cornett, Nemeas Kader, Sam Hauser, well, it's a bad time because you don't get any games out of him. Yes, everyone plays two games in week seven, but in week six, the Celtics and the Spurs play two, so you're not going to use those guys very much. But if you are a Porzingis manager, just feel a little bit lucky that A, it's not serious, and B, this is literally the best time that could have happened outside of never happening at all. And of course, we got the update or, or the news on Jalen Johnson and his wrist injury. Originally, the tweet from Sham said he didn't have a fracture. And then Kevin Schwenard, I think that's how you pronounce it. Sorry, Kev, if that's uh, wrong. Uh, KL Schwenard, who is the Hawks beat reporter and has been for a long time, said, nah, there actually was a fracture and he's going to be reevaluated in three to four weeks. So that doesn't actually change much to me. The original thing from Shams was six to eight weeks. A wrist fracture is usually like in four weeks, you come back, you take the plaster, you see how it goes. In six, you're probably ready to go. So I don't think there's any change there in the terms of the return. It could have been much worse. In fact, a significant ligament sprain in his wrist for Jalen Johnson would have been worse than just a fracture because that could put you out for three, four months. A fracture uh, heals and you should be good to go. So I'm thinking six to eight here for Jalen, probably closer to six. 
but that's where we're looking for Jalen Johnson. We will talk, I've already talked at length earlier before the Hawks game about the order that I would add players. Sort of worked out. We'll talk about it uh, when we talk about the Hawks game in today's show as well, about recapping and seeing how those plays all uh, all looked. But not great news. And then, of course, injuries that happened in-game today. We'll get to that in a second. I know you want to hear about LaMelo Ball. We'll talk about that uh, when we get into to look at that. We're not going to look at waiver wire trends here because we did a whole waiver wire show earlier today. So we're just going to bang straight in and look at the games and start recapping them because there was an early game and there, tomorrow there are no early games. Those games are back at normal time, which is always great. The Blazers and the Bucks. Scoot came off the bench again, old Sterling. He probably looked the best that he had. It's not a great line, 13-4-1, but 50% shooting is strong. I think he is going to start really soon. I would hope he does, but I do. I still believe that Scoot is a must-roster player understanding there are going to be hiccups, there are going to be quiet periods, but I think you should roster him. I would also be doing anything in my power to sell Malcolm Brogdon for a top 100 player. 34 minutes, 18, 8, and 12, two steals, one block, two threes. Now, this has happened with Brogdon in his career many times. When he's pushed into a larger role, he becomes inefficient, and he shot 30, 30% on 23 attempts. Shout out to his revenge game. The overall counting sets are good, but A, we don't know how long he stays on this team. B, we don't know how long he stays healthy. C, Anthony Simons is coming back. B, we assume... Uh, B, I don't, what alphabet's that? The old A, B, C, B. Uh, D, we don't know how long until Scoot takes back over. So anything you get from Brogdon, and this is the absolute perfect time. Big numbers, Scoot off the bench. There'll be people who are non-Scoot believers who go, well, Scoot's a bust, man. They'll just start Brogdon. Do it. Trade him. Get rid of him. For a top 100 player would be my advice. Hold on... Hold on to your dicks because DeAndre Ayton took six free throws. Six. That is close to his season total in one game. Now, he only hit four of them, so maybe I wish he didn't take six, but he got there. Unbelievable. 14 and 13, one steal, two blocks, 83% from the field. While Jessica Grant had four steals and 22 points. Good game from Thibel. Always on the menu as a defensive steals and block streamer. He had four steals and a block with five points. And Shaden Sharp was inefficient, but 17-6-3 with two steals is good counting stats. We still roll with Sharp. We'll see how it goes when, when Simons and Scoot are pushing back into bigger minutes, but we still hold him for now. Kamara just played the 17 minutes, did have some foul trouble, so that probably will definitely did contribute to that. For the Bucks, Yanni, 33-16-6 with three blocks, 52% bad free throws. It's just all the same stuff from him. He's averaging 53 fantasy points as well this season. He's been great. While Lillard, 31-5-4, two steals and four threes. He is actually rolling now as well after a rough start. And speaking of rough starts, Brook Lopez, 31 minutes for Lopez, only 10 points here after going 20-plus in the last two. He shot 36%, not ideal. 14 usage, not ideal, but it doesn't really matter because the other stuff's awesome. Three steals and four blocks for Lopez. Lopez had two two blocks combined in his first four games. He's age 35. And you go, well, what's happened here? New coach, how's it going to work? The scheme, the age, maybe he's not going to be that guy. Well, since then, he's been ludicrous and he has bumped his block rate higher than last season, which was a career high. It not only just marginally high, like 50, no, 30, 35% higher than last season, his block rate. I was not big on drafting Brook Lopez at 40 and 50. In fact, I thought it was stupid. I drafted Brook Lopez in one league at, it was an auction, was around the price, you can see the video of it, um, around the price of like an 80, uh, ranked 80 player, which is totally fine to get him in that area. Um, I just didn't have faith in the new coach, the age, the return of Middleton impacting his usage. And a lot of those things, the new coach, that was that was an issue early on, and then the uh, and then the Middleton thing was was a problem. But somehow he is blocking way more shots. And at the moment, 
it looks like my evaluation of him was way wrong. Also, that that's true. Like he's he's blocking shots at a ridiculous level, and that's providing good fantasy value. But it is imperative that when you are looking at rankings and referencing rankings, be really cautious of just looking at. Actually, Josh, you're you're a massive dickhead. True, but yeah, you know, Brook Lopez is a top twenty player, mate. Look at the Yahoo ranks. I'm, I I beg you, I beg you that that it, to to understand that is not real, because a number one, his value is coming from like one category. Like one category, shout out to Jaron Jackson Jr. One category from blocks. Yahoo also includes the turnovers in there. It also includes totals in there. And this stuff gives you no accurate indication of the value of a player. So just go and have a look at that list. Then have a look at the guys who are like 40 and 50 and 70 and go, would I really actually have Brook Lopez 50 spots ahead of Trey Young or guys like that? Like, does that make any sense? No. So be really cautious of the way you interpret category league rankings. I implore you. Lopez has still been way better than I expected him to be. 40 spots better, but not top 20 good. He's not that good. And if you value him that way and try and trade for him with that valuation or think he's that high in a trade, I think you're going to be looking at it the wrong way. Good game from Bobby Portis. You don't really get three blocks and two steals out of Punch Bob in a week, let alone in the game, but he brought him here. 31 minutes, 12 and 8, while Leaky Beasley had 14 points, three, three steals and four threes. He is turning into a Contavious Caldwell Pope-like like player. High steal rate, good threes. He scores a little bit more than KCP as a general rule. This was without Chris Middleton and obviously without Jay Crowder, but Beasley's pushing his way back to being at least a stream option for 12s. Portis, again... That's fine. We hold him, but you know it's been iffy up until now, but that was fine. They started Andre Jackson in place of Chris Middleton. He went scoreless and had one rebound in 12 minutes. I love what he does on court. Unfortunately for Andre Jackson, at this point, he looks like a pretty, um, a pretty bad fantasy player at this point in his career. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. And it's also the easiest and the most exciting daily fantasy sports to play. You don't have to worry about salary caps and going up against thousands of people and pros and sharks going in there and taking your money. It's just you versus player projections. Prize Picks puts them up, you knock them down. And they put the number up and you go more or less, that's it. You do between two to six of those, put them into an entry, and you can win up to 25 times back if you get them right. Simple as that. You can do multiple sports. They've got the combo sports as well. They've got the um, the famous players or the favorite players, Meek Mill and Andrew Schiltz, which you can find under community plays in the promos tab on the app. They've also got the reboot policy for football and basketball. A player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player gets rebooted. That is the only daily fantasy sports platform with injury insurance policy. So go to pricepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. That is pricepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA. The code is LockedOnNBA and you get a first deposit match up to $100. Pricepix is daily fantasy sports made easy. That'll bring us into game two. That's a great way to go because we're going to look at another ass kicking at the expense of the Memphis Grizzlies. The Wolves win at 119.97 is the um, is the final score. Um, okay, have a look at that game. A lot of foul trouble in this one. So when we look at the minutes and that, just be aware of that. Towns picked up, I think, his fourth foul 30 seconds into the second half, so it was pulled straight away. Towns ended with 26 minutes. Gobert played 25 minutes, and both the guys had five fouls. Townsy, 18 and 8 with a triple one. Gobert, 13 and 4 with two blocks. Good numbers, but they were pushed back. That enabled the Wizard of Noz, Nas Reed, to step up. He also had foul trouble. 22 minutes for Reed, 12 and 6 with a steal. Still looking like a fringe uh, stream guy. And the same goes with Kyle Anderson, who played... 
23 minutes, 6 and 6 with 3 assists. He's basically playing only as a power forward. A little bit at the 3, but mainly mainly playing as a um mainly playing as a 4. So that is um that's with McDaniel's out, we're just not seeing a gigantic bump in what Anderson's doing. We thought that he could play at the three, but he hasn't really. So there you go. So we're just not seeing much of that. Um, what we do get is Nikhil Alexander-Walker playing 34 minutes. One of the worst per minute producers in fantasy, even though his defense is quite good. Nine, one, and three for Alexander-Walker. That is deeper league stuff only. And Ant Edwards was questionable heading into this one, but 24, five, and seven is great. And seven of seven from the line is excellent. While Mike Conley revenge gamed his way to 18, four, and 10 with six threes. All of his points from three, he went six of, what do you go? Six of nine from three. Good game from Conley, who's been solid. He doesn't really have upside to blow us away, but he's been very, very solid and very, very strong. For the Grizzlies, Jaron Jackson, in the end, the line is okay. 37 minutes, 18, 4, and 3, 1 steal, 3 blocks. 8 of 10 from the line is excellent. Unfortunately, the bloke just can't shoot. 29% from the field, and this is going to come up. I'm not, I don't think he's going to average 3 blocks a game this season. I don't. I think his usage is going to pull down when Ja Morant and Marcus Smart and all these guys come back, yes. But he's not going to be this bad of a shooter. This is going to come back up. But be really cautious about when we're talking by low right, on him. Because you can buy low on Jaron, but be careful how you value him. Like someone um, tweeted at me today about a trade getting Jaron, and they were giving up like two really good players to get him and go, oh, I think he'll just get better when Jar comes back. Like that is just not what you want to do because maybe he doesn't get better. And then you've just given up two premium-ish assets. I think it was uh, Brooke Lopez and Jeremy Grant. You know, it was a points league, but Brooke Lopez and Jeremy Grant to get Jaron Jackson. And on the surface, if we look back to what pe- some people thought preseason, it would make sense, right? That's great, but it's not the reality. And the value of Jaron's in the toilet, so you don't have to give up that much to get him. David Roddy started the second half over Santi Aldama. When you're getting benched for David Roddy, things are looking rough. 11 points in 28 for Rod with two threes. I wouldn't add him outside of deepers. I would still hold Aldama in 12 teams. He had 14 and 7 in 27 minutes, but this adds further evidence to my belief that when players come back, he's just not going to have relevance. I don't think he's that good. I think he's fine. I think he's developed nicely, but he's not this guy that they're going to carve out 30 minutes for every single moment. Like There are people who see a big game from Santi, and they're like, well, they'll just bring Marcus Smart off the bench, and they'll just give these minutes to Santi or him and Jaron will be the starting front court. I just don't think that's going to happen. Roll him with him for now. The numbers are fine, but they're not great. Speaking of not great, Des Bain, 13 points on 31%. He just looked over it. He looked pissed. Three threes, four assists. He is really struggling at the moment with some of the efficiency stuff. It's dropped his numbers down. It will be fine. It will bounce back. Don't worry. Biombo, 10, 5, and 3. I think the number to look at there is 30. 30 minutes. That's good. Right. So I think that is still worth a 12-team category league spot. I don't know that it lasts long-term. I don't know what happens when Tillman returns, but for now, we roll with Biombo. And then there's just a lot of nothing. Jacob Gilead had one assist in 16 minutes. That's it. Just one assist, nothing else. And Derek Rose had 12, 2, and 4 on 42%. Good usage from Rose. He can't play big minutes, though, so that leaves him in the deeper league scenario. We also got 13 minutes from Jalen Noel. They're real rotation minutes. It's not the two garbage time minutes that John Conchar got, who's out of the rotation. Deeper league guys might want to look at Noel, but he's on a 10-day. And he's a guy that's very, very up and down in terms of consistency and shooting. So don't get too excited. But he was at least an actual real part of the rotation um, in this game, which is not something that I uh, that I really thought. Um, all right. One last one. Did I really think it? No, I didn't. No. Carry on. <laughs> Let's go to the next game. The Charlotte Hornets fall to the to the all-conquering Orlando Magic. Uh-huh. Um, the bad news. Charlotte. LaMelo Ball. 
Went up for a layup, got sort of knocked by Paolo as he was contesting the shot. Fell back. It sort of looked like his knee hyperextended, but then the Hornets put out, and we know, they are the absolute kings of shit injury reports. They put out an injury report, which is confusing. They said he had an ankle strain. You go, well, that's not actually what happens to ankles. Ankles get sprained. A strain is a muscle. So unless there was some weird muscle injury around his foot or calf, it's very weird to call it an ankle, an ankle strain. So I think they mistyped it. It also looked like a knee injury. It didn't look like an ankle problem, but I don't know. Given Mallow and the ankle and the way that he fell on the ankle and he sort of had to be helped to the locker room, I would say that there is no chance he plays this week coming up. The problem here is, I don't know if anyone becomes an ad. Mallow had been rolling, obviously, his ankle and with his play. Terry Rogier is back. Someone did ask me, hey, do we add Terry Rogier? Like, if your league has Terry Rogier on the waiver wire, what are you doing? Go and add him immediately. Rogier played 37 minutes in his first game back. Seems insane, but he did. 22, 1 and 9, triple, well, not more than triple 1. Two, two threes are still in a block. That's a great game. He has to be rostered, obviously. And what this does is it just helps buoy the value of PJ Washington, Gordon Haywood, and Brandon Miller. And we didn't know which direction this was going to go for these guys. Miller started the second half, and I'm guessing he will start with, if Mallow misses. 20 and 5 with two threes. Good game. Um, Washington, 13 and 4, three threes and three blocks, and shot only 30%. If he shoots 50%, it looks even better. That's good enough to hold. Gordon Haywood, 33 minutes, 10, 5, and 2. Shot poorly, but that could get better. All those guys are worth holding. Like, I'm not adding a Teo Maladon. I'm not adding an Ish Smith or a Bryce McGowan who played six minutes here. The value is in Rogier, Miller, Washington, um, and Haywood. Miles Bridges played 37 minutes. They are pumping the minutes into him, 23 and 10 with a triple one. Rough from the line, but the field goals are really strong. He's been awesome, obviously, since returning. And a little bit of foul trouble for Marky Mark Williams, 12-6, and six, with a steal and a block. It'd be really interesting to see what they do with Williams and Washington and Richards and how much PJ actually plays at center. Ish had four assists, which for deeper leagues, 20 teams, 18 teams, those four assists that he can bring, those, I don't know why I sound like that, um, those four assists can be actually useful there for old Ishmael. For the Magic, 32 minutes, Cole Anthony. 30 and 7, 7 assists, 2 steals and a block. 11 of 12 from the line. This is an unbelievably strong run from Cole Anthony. But every time I'm like, yeah, man, we've got to stream him in. Uh, Fultz is out. Anthony's the guy. Then he'll have 20 points on 8% shooting. But he's playing really well. Franz Wagner. 30 and 7, 2 steals and 2 threes. He was on the buy low show the other day saying, hey, where are the defensive numbers? He's been great since then. And Paolo Banquero, huge, huge improver since last season. 23, 7, and 8, two steals, two threes. Only three of six from the line, which sucks, but 50 from the field is great, and he has also been awesome. And 32 minutes from Suggsy. 12 and 5, one steal, two blocks, two threes. The magic are flying. Absolutely flying. Suggs needs to be rostered. Obviously, Paolo and France. France? France. Um, and Cole Anthony needs to be rostered too. Goga Badadze, 20 minutes, 11 and 7. Mo Wagner, 11 and 7, 18 minutes. Both 12-team league guys. There was no John Isaac in this game, so he couldn't come in and play those minutes at the end, but... I don't think he's a 12-team league guy, but Goga and, and Mo are. Anthony Black did a, a lot of nothing in the box score once more. He's a really good defender. He just doesn't generate any numbers at this point. Two, zero, and three in 15 minutes. And I do believe that he will be back out of the rotation when or if Markel Fultz returns. And when that happens, I have absolutely no idea. And no idea when that's going to go down. Today's episode is also brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. As the weather gets colder as the and the NFL and the NBA and the FanDuel action actually stays hot, all those offers over there. I'm already hot because, you know, look at me. But also the weather over here is warm too. But I can still tell you about how good the offers are to keep you guys toasty as you get jealous as I'm uh, strolling around the beach. 
new customers 150 bucks in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks on Fangio if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining Fangio, there's never been a better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. It's unbelievably easy. The easiest thing you'll use in your life, maybe. There's also a wide range of betting options, including spreads and player props, over-unders, totals, money lines, obviously, and futures too. Parlays, it's all there at Fangio. So go to fangio.com slash locked on and kick off, tip off the NFL, NBA, whatever sports season it is you want to look at. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL, and don't forget to gamble responsibly. Okay, let us move on to the next one. It is the Phoenix Suns uh, with a big last second, sort of close to enough buzzer beater from Devin Booker, who's been amazing. They beat the Knicks 116-113. Booker 28-5-11 with two blocks, 38 minutes. No Durant, no Beal, no Grayson Allen. So Booker had to carry, and he did. What about Yusuf Nurkic, though? My mate, finally. What are these numbers we're getting? They're unbelievable. He's a top 60 player this season. I did like him as a late-round target, and it's paying off. 8-10, and 10, one steal, four blocks. We love this. Eric Gordon should be rostered. 25.6 triples, at least until Beal returns. Shot 69%, while Jordy Goodwin had 14, 7, and 5, a steal and a block. We know that Jordan Goodwin puts up fantasy stats when he plays. It does take Durant, Beal, and Allen all being out for him to play, so don't overreact too much. If you want defensive stats, when KD is out, KD Bates Diop is a great source of him. He gets them consistently. Two steals and a block again for him. While Kogi started, did jack shit, 3 and 4 in his 17 minutes, and I just, I'm not sure that he's very good, to be honest. For the Knicks, the same sort of stuff as always. 35 in 38 minutes for the burner, Jalen Brunson. Eight assists, three steals, and a block, 60%. Missed both his free throws, which is weird. Julius Randle, 28, 5, and 2, and he hit his free throws, which is also weird. While Emmanuel quickly, he got the call today. 29 minutes, 18, 2, and 1. Steal, block, three threes. Good game, but who knows? I would not bother with Emmanuel quickly outside of streaming in 10-team leagues. And in 12s, it's really borderline. You never know what you're going to get. And that's where we go to talk about Josh Hart, who had four points in 24 minutes. He might play 29 minutes and go 10, 9, and 6. Or he might play 24 minutes and have 4, 2, and 1. And that inconsistency means he's not must roster. And the same goes for quickly. DiVincenzo's back to 14 minutes. Drop him. Grimes had three points in 20 minutes. He never touches it. But what about the shock of all shocks? The stunner of all stunners. RJ Barrett can't shoot again. Well, you never know. You never know when things are going to happen, do you? Well, I was told he was better. I was told he was improved. I was told that 50% three-point shooting was real. I wasn't, but I also indirectly was. He's shit. He's not shit. He, let's, that's all fun and games. That's all a joke a little bit. But he has improved. But he's also still RJ Barrett. And I need to see this long-term. Nine points, two rebounds, one assist, 27 from the field, missed all of his threes, 75 from the line. He was playing really well, and he's not. This is what RJ Barrett does. I do not believe that he has fixed his shooting, and then the peripherals don't come along. Hold him, but yeah, it may not stay that way. Mitchie Robinson played 34 minutes. He had 11 rebounds with a steal and a block. It's, it's comical, the usage these guys get. Six usage for Robinson. And Hartenstein had seven and five with a block. Just a lot of the same stuff going on there for the Knicks. Not not much changing um, on that team. What about the next one? A little bit to talk about in this one because there were injuries, and it's the Atlanta Hawks and the Boston Celtics. On the Atlanta side, obviously no Jalen Johnson. So your mate, Atlanta's RJ Barrett, DeAndre Hunter, plays 40 minutes, has 24-4-2 with five threes, a steal, and a block. Congratulations, DeAndre. Everyone is going to rush to add you, and then you'll have eight points on 11 shots next game. 
my priority list earlier today, and I'll repeat it here because I'm not changing my mind based on what happened here. Bogdanovich, he was available in leagues. You add him. Sadiq Bey, he is available. I would add him and Hunter comes behind him. I have seen more consistent production from Bay than I have Hunter over the years. And I don't think Bay is good. But I have seen him outproduce Hunter consistently for fantasy. Now, obviously, today that didn't happen. But when you if you go and make a decision, and this it it might end up being right or wrong, whatever. But when you go and make a decision, go, well, look what happened, Josh. 24 points, 40 minutes for DeAndre Hunter. He's clearly the ad. You have to always replay this in your head. Have it as your phone text alert message if you want. When you add him after a big game, you don't get the big game. That game is done. You don't get that back. And this does not mean that Hunter has 24 on 50% shooting every night. It doesn't. You don't get this game. And next game, it could be Bay that hits seven triples and has 25 points. Easily. I'm not saying it will be. But I still have seen Bay be better from a fantasy perspective more consistently than I have Hunter. So that's the direction I'll lean, understanding that these guys aren't that good and there's going to be ups and downs in their production. Trey Young, 33, 5, and 7 with 6 triples. Took a lot of shots there, did old Trey, while Bogdanovich had 23 and 7 with 7 threes in 32 minutes. He's still the guy that I prioritize, Bogdan Bogdanovich. Really rough stretch of games for DeJounte Murray. Six points on 15% is a disastrous shooting night. No threes, no steals, no blocks. He had four rebounds and three assists. He started out slowly. He had a really hot run in the middle there. Hit that game where he had like 20 points in a quarter. Trey was out. He had a couple of big games, and he's regressed back pretty significantly. He is in a little bit of a buy-low scenario here, but as you should be well aware, I do not believe that DeJounte Murray is a top 20 player or even a top 30 player. Between in the 30 to 45 range, sure, absolutely. But if you are buying low on him, that's how I value him. You don't give up a top 40 player when he's playing like shit, you don't. You try and see if you can get something lower. But I don't think that if you get him or I send a top 50 player and got DeJounte Murray, that's great, I'm getting this second round player back. I don't believe that that is him. So you might, and that's fine. And it's a great attempt to try and get him when his production stinks, but it's all about how high you value the upside and understand that I don't value it that high. If Trey gets injured, then I do value it that high. His numbers will spike. Onyekra Kongwu played the final 17 minutes of this game. 27 minutes for four points is shithouse, obviously. But he did have two steals and a block. And when I looked at the box score earlier, he did have two blocks. They must have adjusted that. Let me just have a look on this ESPN. No, well, it, they did. It definitely was at two and two, but it's now two and one. That's still fine. Um, obviously, he's not producing huge amounts at the moment. I still believe he must be rostered. Well, uh, Bay had seven and eight, and Capella four and eight with two blocks. We did get a few extra minutes from Wes Matthews. Uh, AJ Griffin back in the rotation, but we're not adding any of those blokes really outside of very deep, deep, deep leagues. Um, all right, let's uh, let's go to the Celtics side of things. Um, there was no Drew Holiday and no Porzingis, so they started Delano Banton. Don't trust the guy to be a backup. Don't trust him to play garbage time minutes, but you do trust him to start. Banton played 19 minutes for 8 and 5, had some foul trouble, and also had the trouble of being Delano Banton. Him playing the same minutes of Peyton Pritchard just makes absolutely no sense in my mind whatsoever. Yes, I do know that he's a better defender than Pritchard, so I guess you can make that argument playing with Drew Holiday, but you'd think you'd trust him at least with a single minute in any other game. Who knows? You're not adding him. Sammy Hauser, 32 minutes, 12 points, four threes. This is one of the elite three-point streamers out there. That's what he does. While Al Horford, 6-15 and 15 with one steal and two blocks. But all of this discussion around the Celtics, two games in week six, two games in week seven, that's not a priority. We're not we're not rushing to add Al Horford. We're not rushing to add Hauser. We're not rushing to add Delano Banton because we're not insane. We're not rushing to add Nemius Cater, who had 7 and 10. Shout out to the Portuguese legend. The 10 rebounds are nice. 
And there is a role there, but it might be Cornette one night, it might be Cater one night, and they play four games in 14 days. That's not enough for us to care, I don't think. Pritchard, that's really disappointing. 6-2-0. and zero. He's had some decent games, but after a red-hot preseason, he's been the same, like shithouse, in nearly every game that he's played. Well, Tatum had 34-9-4, and four, and Maximum and Derek White had 15-4-11 with three steals. Both him and Tatum shot poorly, and Tatum was actually bad from the line, 7-10 of 10, uh, overall from the free-throw line for old mate Jace Tatum. Let's go through to the next game, and the Chicago Bulls continue to be disgusting. The Disgusting Brothers had 109, while the Nets had 118. Kobe White, though, was good. 38 minutes, 23-5-4 with 5-3, shot 44%, and I still will maintain he is a 12-team league player. DeRozan, 27-6-6, really good. 50% from the field, really good. What's going on with his free throws, though? 60%? He's had a couple of these weird games this season. While Pat Williams started with Caruso out, and he also scored 20 points. He had no defensive stats. He shot only nine times and shot 78% to get there. But some good numbers. I don't care. I'm not adding him. It wasn't great from the other two big-name players. Levine had 20 points, six rebounds, four assists. Looks all right on the surface, but 44% shooting, not ideal. While Vooch continues to, I would say, struggle. Six and nine, five assists, a steal and a block. Ridiculously low usage, lower than Pat Williams. Shot poorly, again. Outside the top 100 over his last five games. Outside the top 60 for the season. Um, struggling. Struggling. That was one that, that I did think was going to happen, and so far it's playing out that way. That can change. He can shoot better as the season goes on, but it hasn't been great here from Vooch. Yeah, I wouldn't add Pat Williams. I would have Kobe White on my roster. Obviously, DeRozan, Vooch, and Levine, but this team is disgusting. They're so bad. They need to be broken up very quickly. Javon Carter, almost out of the rotation. Eight minutes with no stats, and Torrey Craig had four points in 20 minutes. For the Nets, I... I I was going to talk, remember while talking the other day, why is Andre Drummond rostered in leagues? I figured it out, I think. What I have heard is that in China, I don't know if this is true, Chinese listeners, if there's any of you, let me know, that I believe the standard format in China is 11 categories with offensive rebounds and assist to turnovers as extra categories. I don't know why that is, but if that actually is the case or is true, then Andre Drummond's value goes through the roof because of his offensive rebounding ability. So maybe that's it. Maybe. I don't know. For the Nets, they were without Nick Claxton, who was probable, and then downgraded to questionable. When someone goes from probable to questionable an hour before the game, they are out. That's not going to happen. And he didn't play, so they went small again with Finney Smith at center. Nine points, three threes, two steals, and a block for Dorian on 30%. While Royce O'Neal, wow, 20 and nine, six threes, four assists, and a steal. I believe I had him on the stream list for today, so that worked out pretty well. Well, Dinwiddie had 24, 5, and 7, 38 minutes. If I could get any top 100 player back for Dinwiddie, I would. The Lonnie Walker roller coaster continued. 30 usage, 20 points, 25 minutes, and 6 threes. Look at his last two games. They're terrible. You stream him for points and threes, and whatever you get is a bonus. While Mikhail Bridges took 7 shots. 7. They really focused on him, and it worked to a degree. 15, 2, and 6 with 4 threes. He had been ramping it up, but 7 shots is comically low. While um, Cam Johnson had some cramps that limited him to 22 minutes. Do not drop Cam Johnson, please. 10, 4, and 6 on 50% shooting. My man, Daron Sharp. They won't start him, but at least they played him. 27 minutes, 9 and 9, a block, 57%. He was a plus 31. He carved up the Bulls. Daron Sharp. He was great. He's not going to have a significant role, but he can produce numbers when they give him minutes. They gave him minutes. The numbers were good. Let's let's see where this ends up. Probably nowhere would be my guess, but pretty good game. 
All right, the next game. The Toronto Raptors fall to the Cleveland Cavaliers, but what about the game from Jakob Pertl? 35 minutes, 18-13, two steals, 89%. His minutes have been absolutely all over the shop this season. And it was confusing. Why would you trade a first-round pick and sign him to an $80 million guaranteed contract if you're going to play in 24 minutes? Well, the minutes are up, and he is now top 50 over the last two weeks and absolutely rolling. Great. Dennis Schroeder, 15-2-4 with two steals. Nice game there. But the Scotty Barnes-Pascal Siakam check-in. What do we see here? 30 or 27 usage to Siakam, 23 to Barnes. Barnes minus 20, Siakam plus 6. Pascal had 18-8-6, a steal and a block. Totally okay. 41% should be not good. 67 from the line, not good. Scott Barnes, 15-8-3, triple one, 36% shooting. That's second season Scott Barnes. When we talked a lot about some of the regression hitting Scotty Barnes... And it's hitting pretty hard at the moment. Not pretty hard. He's not bad. But he's obviously nowhere near first or second round at the moment. He is outside the top 45 over his last five. Actually, outside the top 50 over his last five games. And I think he's probably going to settle in as a third or fourth round player would be my guess. Still a bit of a buy low happening for Ananobi. 11 and 7 on 33%. The defensive stats aren't coming big. The shooting is up and down. There's still a buy low there. With Pirtle getting big minutes, we only had 13 pressures at two minutes. Good, because he's bad. And Boucher had five points in 10 minutes. Oh, he's not bad, George. He's fine. Yeah, nah, he's not good. Um, but the Cavs, what about the old Struder? Winner soldier, Max Struess. 20 and 11, four threes and five assists. The stuff that he is doing, we never saw in Miami. I never saw this man grab a rebound, dish an assist, play this many minutes. None of this. He's been great. Awesome. Unbelievable. What about Darius Garland as well? Had to leave last game with a neck strain. Comes out, plays 41 minutes. 24, 2, and 8, and 63%. These are the games that will never get talked about when yeah, yelling media people will tell you how soft NBA players are. Good stuff from Garlo. But I will say something about Donovan Mitchell. You know what I'm going to say. Cue it up. Tap the sign if you want. Why did this man play on a back-to-back after his second hamstring injury for the season when he was limping at the end of yesterday's game with that same hamstring, which he claimed was cramp? He didn't get hurt, thankfully, but he had 10 points on 24% shooting. He looked terrible. Why would he play? Why? Like, back-to-backs increase the injury risk significantly for smaller players more than big players. He's coming off his second hamstring injury. Absolute stupidity to play him, and he was shit. They still won, so, all right, that's good. 10-5-4 and four on 24%. He was terrible. Karis LeVert, what's going on here? 22 minutes, 7 points. I will still hold him, but that looks bad. And in a 10-teamer, I think you move on from Karras. But unfortunately, the bell tolled for our mate Craig Porter Jr. Zero minutes. Yuck. Isaac Okora had two points in 10, so lucky he was able to get out there. I would hope that Porter can get more playing time, but that's just, uh, I don't know, that's just some weird coaching. You can drop Porter in 12-team leagues, obviously. Mobley had 12 and 14 with two blocks. Weirdly low field goal percentage. Well, Jarrett Allen was the opposite. Very big field goal percentage, 90%. He had 18 and four in 27 minutes. They just hummed along with some very, very nice performances. Nothing too spectacular there. The big takeaway here is though, we're worried about Levert and uh, we're dropping old mate Craig Porter Jr. All right, the last game of the night ended up a blowout. The 12-point margin is probably a little bit uh, too small for what the game actually was. Denver wins at 132-120. Weminyama only played 25 minutes. He sat most of the fourth quarter, even as some of the reserves started to get them back into the game. But he had an amazing game. 22-11, two threes, six steals, four blocks. Wow, that's a big boost on a Sunday. 
44 from the field is rough, but he took 16 shots and went 6 of 7 from the line. A big game from Wembenyama. They're keeping Vassell off the bench, and I don't know why. Oh, we want to manage his minutes. I love Greg Popovich, right? He's one of the best coaches of all time. He's not in the best 10 coaches in the NBA currently, and he hasn't been for a while. I don't really understand why this team is as bad as it is. I, I know I know why, but I also don't. And I just don't get this keeping Vassell on the bench thing. I don't get what we're doing. Branham didn't start the second half. He started at the beginning of the game. He had 15 points with three threes. I just He got a lot of that in the last quarter in garbage time. I don't rate him as a player at all. Champagne started the second half and had 13 points with three threes. Neither of these guys are 12 or 14 team league options. Jeremy Sohan didn't play after halftime. He had knee soreness. It wasn't an acute injury. Nothing specifically happened to his knee. So is this the bullshit from last season coming back out again? I don't know. Trey Jones had 10, 4, and 6. Cool. If Sohan is legitimately hurt and is going to legitimately miss games, we add Trey Jones. Wouldn't be a bad idea to just add Jones now and see what happens. But he still only played 22 minutes and it was 10, 4, and 6. And he's mid. Like he's got a very low upside, Trey Jones. This was a bad horsecock game. 31 minutes for Keldon Johnson. This is the old Keldon. 10, 1, and 2, 0 steals, 0 blocks, 0 threes on 43% shooting. To give him credit, he's been much better than that this season. This was a bad game. I don't think we worry too much about it. Um, yeah, I, look, I don't know. I don't even know what to talk about with this team anymore. They're, they're, they're pretty frustrating. For the Nuggets, though, there was no Aaron Gordon, so they started Justin Holiday. And I just haven't done it enough today. So sorry, Justin, but I am going to hit it because you are washed and it just you just know that the coaches are going to do this oh we need to mix things up let's bring the trusty veteran in who's 35 years old and hasn't played good basketball in three years to be fair to Justin he was okay here seven percent usage five points three assists we're not adding him anywhere but I was glad to see that we got 19 Julian Strouder minutes and 22 Peyton Watson minutes Strouder had 10 points with three steals, while Watson had four and four with a steal and two blocks. Now, Watson's been disappointing this season. I thought there was a bigger role for him, and he got it and then sort of lost a little bit of it. If Gordon is out again tomorrow, a distinct possibility, Strouder and Watson would be streams for me over Justin Holiday. KCP, six assists. He's flashed a little bit of that recently um, with Jamal Murray out. I wouldn't bank on it, obviously. Um, and only had, what, seven shots, while Reggie Jackson, 20 and seven, six assists, continue to stream him. Well, the big chungus himself, 39, 11, and nine on 59%, and perfect five of five from the line. We love it. And Michael Ponder Jr. played 33 minutes for 25 and seven and four threes. Bit un, unlucky, wrong, wrong word, disappointing, Christian Brown. He hasn't really ramped anything up this season. 25 minutes, five, four, and four, a triple zero. Not much else going on there as OB decides to leave. I hope he didn't knock the microphone on the way out, and I think we're good. Um... Brown, 5-4-4. Four, and four. Yeah, streaming tomorrow, I guess, but maybe Watson and Strouder are better. Christian just hasn't really taken big steps forward, I would say, this season. He's solid, especially from a fantasy point of view. He hasn't really taken big, uh, big steps forward. That's the eight games done. We're out of there. We don't have to do a stream of the day because it was Sunday and we don't do the streams of the day uh, on, a, on a Sunday preview show. But what we do need to do is go in here and uh, give you the lines of the night. And we're going to hit the monstrous line of the night because that's what we're doing now, the best performance of the day. But we're also going to double it up and hit the young gun of the night because the guy who had the best line of the day qualifies for that category. And it is, of course, Victor Wembanyama. 22 points, 11 rebounds, two threes, two assists, six steals, and four blocks. An insane defensive performance from Victor Weminyama. The waiver wire line of the night, we're going to go to Orlando. This man was in the running at one point. 
for the um, monstrous line of the night, it is Cole Anthony, who had 30 points with seven rebounds and seven assists. And lastly, it is the dud of the night, the worst performance of the day. I think you should be able to get this one. We're going to Atlanta, where DeJounte Murray had six, four, and three on horrific shooting numbers. No defensive stats and no threes. He racks up a dud of the night award. Now we'll finish it off by looking at the top six players and then a little bit of a recap on where things lie with my leagues and in particular on industry pickup. So let's have a look at the top six players uh, for today. We go to um, the nine category leaders, Victor Wembanyama at number one, followed by Jokic, Cole Anthony, Jalen Brunson, Anthony Edwards, and Yanni Antetokounmpo. For the players rostered under 50% of leagues, it is Cole Anthony at number one. They don't play again until Wednesday. That's a little bit annoying, but he's providing value with the fulls out. Reggie Jackson, yeah, we love that for him tomorrow. Great value again there. Royce O'Neal, if Claxon's out, not a bad stream, although he played well above his head today. Jordan Goodwin, it takes Durant and Allen and Beal to be out. We know he puts up numbers, but it takes a lot to get here. Al Horford, sure, but they've only got two games. We don't care about that. And Pat Williams, maybe I would stream him if Alex Crusoe is out again, but I'm not going to get excited about it. The top six players in Yahoo Points Leagues today, number one was Giannis, followed by Victor Wembanyama, Jalen Brunson, Nikola Jokic, Cole Anthony, and finally, it was Devin Booker. All right. That is all that done. Let's uh, let's check out what's going on over at uh, at Industry Pickup. All right, so I was against Alex Raclean this week on Industry Pickup, and he had some issues with some injuries and not getting to his full games count. I got to 40. Luckily, because I had Claxton ready to go, and he got injured, and I was able to slot some guys in. I got to 40. He got to 38, and I beat him 7-1-1. Um, beat him in turnovers and tied in assists. My team, this is, again, when I say punt turnovers, right, I just pay no attention to them. I have one turnovers four of the five weeks in this league and had zero attention paid to them. I've also won assists, I think, in four of the five weeks too because I just don't care about what turnovers bring, but I do win them sometimes. 7-1-1 um, for me there, big W. Let's see, have the standings updated? I'm going to be on top. Yeah, there we go. It's me up there at number one, followed by Drew Dinkmeyer, um, Rep Bauer in three, Mike Katrin four, Mitch Casey's at five, Kingy's in six, Noel Rubin seven, B-Dubs eight, Mike Barner in nine, Raclean at 10, Barutha 11, and Dan Titus coming in last. So what were the scores this week on industry pickup? Bauer beat Barutha 5-4, Kingy beat Rubin 5-4, Barna beat Titus 7-2, uh, Katrin beat Casey 5-4, and Dinkmeyer beat B-Dub 7-2. So that's that. Let's have a look at my Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bowl results for 9-cat. Did I win those? We have two matchups per week in that league. 5-4 for me, the Rotten Soldiers against Uborns 2 and 6-3 against Bolus Swallowers. That's a W. What about in the LOFB FBI World Cup? How did I go there? 5-4 over Nitzer. W again. What about in the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bowl Points League? How did I go there? Hmm. Um, there you go. Uh, I beat Giggity and I lost to DBI. So split that one. I think I'm third or fourth in the standings in that league. I won my Yahoo League against uh, Karan, who's been on this uh, show before, and I lost in 30 deep, 5-4 in both matchups. And I'm in real trouble there because I've got Kristaps Porzingis as my second best player and Marcus Smart as my third. I'm in a little bit of strife over in 30 deep. Not easy when you're picking from pick 23. Um, yeah, things are not going to go particularly well over there, I wouldn't have thought. That'll bring us to the end of the show. So I do thank you guys again for being a part of the show. Follow the show, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you are here on YouTube, you thumb it up and you leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. 
Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.